<laughs> Hello and welcome to another Bertie and Paul podcast. Dan Devaney's back from Sweden. Look at him, he's all happy. Look, look. Ah, and <laughs> what goes Snowbite. on in Sweden stays in Sweden. Frostbite. <laughs> I know, Jesus. Wasn't that kind of trap? Tell you that. You're not going to tell me anything, are you? <laughs> uh, nope. Martin Henry, Martin Henry is there. Look at him. Hi, Paul. How are you he's doing? He's doing his best. He's uh, yeah. Everybody, somebody was asking me the other day, how's Martin Henry looking? I'm like, he's just looking good. He always looks good. That's what he looks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Dan Devaney's back from Sweden. A bit of a step, but let me look at him. So your kids get pancakes this morning. My kids get pancakes this morning. Martin Henry, did you, did you try? Did, did you go uh, for a Cheryl, treble? Did you? Cheryl made some pancakes this evening. This evening. There you go. I'll take it. Yeah, take it. So a, a treble worth of pancakes. I came down this morning about. I was down early, early because I was working, and then Lydia came down about five past seven. She's like, "Dad, I can't smell pancakes yet." And I was like, "Oh, darling, I'll be late." And then I just made her pancakes. Life's good. <laughs> and she battered those pancakes. I showed her the technique of. When you're the cook, you make a pancake just for yourself, a wee duffer, early doors. And she was like, oh, Dan, I never knew you'd done that. So then she got to eat the pancake while she was making other pancakes for people. So it's a wee, a wee, a wee pancake just to keep you going in the morning. So, Pancake Tuesday, happy days. What are we doing? Lent. What does Lent remind you of? Chocolate. Chocolate. Off it, yeah? You going off it? No, on no. it. <laughs> Helps it. Well, and Henry, do anything Lent? Would you do anything Lent wise? Um, I'm not. I'm not overly focused on it. No, I think uh, you know. I don't drink now, so you know. There's, there's there's a serious lack of joy in life already. What more <laughs> further punishment do I need to give myself for forty days? Um, so no, I think uh, yeah, I think. When I was younger, I kind of remember being told it's not necessarily about giving something up, it's about doing something good as well, yeah. kind of refocusing over that 40 days. So, you know, just try and reset and do the best I can. Talk, talk about something good. What about those, uh, those East School Bride lads? Jeez, podcast of the stars, aren't they? Dixon uh, and Nelson. Thursday, yeah, I thought it was a really, really good podcast. Uh, great, great bit of uh, debate from them. Uh, it was, was Really enjoyed it. Yeah, they were really good. good yeah. I'm like, these two boys should be media. I just kind of sat back a bit and just let, listened to them. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's good to have different people on, isn't it? To listen to different ideas because from the media or podcast just now, it's just like, oh man, it's the same stuff. So, uh, yeah, so it's all good. It's all good. You have to enjoy yourself in these uh, weird times, but. Uh, yeah, so Celtic on. So Dan, did you get to go? On, did you go on Thursday night? Then did you go to the European game? Did you make the trip, the five-hour trip no, in I, Uber? I flew home and it was a successful trip. So I flew home on Thursday morning. Good. If it was unsuccessful, I was coming home on Friday or Saturday. But I got to fly home on Thursday morning instead. So good. good. I was only it was only a six-hour drive away from Bodo, so wasn't it? Like it was possible. It was very doable. Um, but not. Nah. Home on Thursday morning, so it never happened. And uh, any Sweden, thank, thank God, any Sweden <laughs> stories? 
Um, <laughs> fibrillated? No, it was minus. It was minus twenty-five. Wow. I went snowboarding. Went walking on the sea because it was sixty centimeters thick ice. Uh-huh. Uh, long johns were in use twenty-four-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a lovely place, really nice. I thought it was going to be dead quiet. It's it's like a three-hour drive to Lapland from where it was, so wasn't it? It was right up north. But a uh, nice part of the world. Lulea, L-U-L-E-A. Gorgeous, um, really nice place. And as I say, just plenty of snow, plenty of ice. And uh, it was good. Good fun. They building a, a, a data centre up there. That's what I was up there for. Yeah. They build it in the cold places so they don't have to get, uh, cool it as much. Saves them money, so. Uh, that's, my yeah, born, yeah. that's my born life. Any good-looking woman? No. Nah, nah, not at all. There was nobody in the street. Was that cold? <laughs> Everybody's in their car driving about trying to get him. And us tourists are walking about on the ice. And that's it. So it's like walking in a sea. But you just felt like Jesus, did you? Just skating. I. They've, they've got the the whole like festivals and all that on the sea because um, it's like a big open space. So they have like music festivals and that on it. And they came out with the now they're like the hangs of huskies pool. Yeah, except you jump on them, you push them yourself, so kind of self-propelled, you fly across the ice, and it's great, pretty cool, yeah, good setup. And did you, and your, all your days in East Kilbride Plaza disco, did that help you? Uh, your ba- your balance. <laughs> down, down watching the Hamilton Hawks down in the ice rink down in Hamilton. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, I wasn't balancing much there. Sorry, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the European game came and went, and then. Hendo got his wish. Celtic turned up meekly, got rolled over meekly, and uh, that was that. And I suppose Angie's never really heard of the word momentum before. <laughs> so, uh, Hendo, you happy? In th- you weren't happy in Thursday. I spoke to him Friday. You weren't happy. You wanted us to put up a bit of a fight, didn't you? At least. Yeah, I wanted us. Uh, I-, I wanted us to to still play. Well, I just didn't want us to go to the well and completely empty it. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm not. I wasn't overly enthused about progressing in that competition. So, uh, whether we won or lost, it wasn't wasn't personally feeling that exciting. But ultimately, watching and team not playing well isn't something you want to see. Um, you know. Had we played out a nil-nil draw and looked reasonable and you know kept a clean sheet, then fine. But it's just it's just one of these ones that's a wee bit embarrassing. Um, the the result itself, the stature of the club that we are versus them. Um, you kind of hear the you know the usual thing: oh, we can't compete in Champions League. We don't have the budget. Blah blah. You know that was kind of the opposite. They. They're a much inferior club to us, um, yet you know it's quite easily over two legs, home and away. So you know that that's the disappointing thing. I don't mind what the result is, and as I say, I wasn't craving a win, but the the team not turning up and not playing wells, not great, and just the the logic of the manager as well of almost. Saying I'm gonna, I'm not gonna play my my key players from the start. Um, let the, the the second stringers in and and have a go uh, with, you know, potentially thinking about the, the match on the Sunday, but then halfway through the match, lobbing them on anyway to chase the game. Um, kind of felt like 
I've been quite positive and praising uh, Ange Postecoglou and you know his leadership style and his clarity um, and you know clear messaging on what he wants to do. Kind of felt like he totally was all over the place in that game, and kind of the, the approach he took was a bit contradictory. Um, you know, if if you weren't up for winning the game, play the second string and be done with it. Um, don't start the second string and then pull on the first string when things aren't going well. You either want to win the game and start your strongest team, or you don't. But don't kind of have a foot in both camps because all all that happened was we. You know, we got cuffed and, you know, ultimately got cuffed with ending up with our best players on the pitch as well, which isn't which isn't good, as you say, for building momentum. And it could have been more, let's be honest, like, it could have been more than the goals that they scored. I thought we were lucky to get away with the scoreline we did, to be honest with you. You're right, Matt, yeah. we, did, we did get cuffed. And it was embarrassing sometimes, especially... So the first half, I think, at left back, Maida was back so much, fucking chasing the ball at the back, it's... It was just over the top. They were spreading the ball wide so often, opening us up so easily. It was, yeah. it was hard to watch. Yeah. So, so enjoyable in the slightest. Sweet, sweet so we, so we I think. Uh, sorry, you, you carry on. Paul. No, see, I'm okay. I covered on Thursday night what I thought, but the fact is that the logic was based on we, we've got we suddenly have got to win the league, so. How did that play out 20 or 40 or 72 hours later in Edinburgh? Did it play out like it should have done? Or did they pick the wrong team? Or did the team not turn up? Or there's no energy? Or is Ange Ball changing? Is it What's happening? Like Dan, from you watching the game and the start, the start of that football, are you seeing the same energy? Are you seeing the same precision? Passing, you seen? No, I, I'm not. Definitely not. Um, I, I don't know exactly what it is. Everybody's saying it's tiredness starting to creep in. I'm, I'm, I don't believe that. Like if you've got the right players, and which we I think we have, and you've got obviously the, the right momentum from the outset, from the start, then obviously you should be able to get a couple of goals. Look at the last time we went to Easter Road. The start we had was it three 0 at half time. Absolutely blowing my way the first yeah. half. If they'd done that again, then obviously it would have been a different story. But I just don't think we were as sharp at Easter Road at the weekend. I don't think, from what I see, I didn't see the full game, but um, I, they definitely weren't as sharp. We weren't as crisp as we were passing. I just thought we were a bit lethargic. Um, and even when Riley came on towards the end to try and sharpen things up, he even looked lethargic. Now he's only come on for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. We didn't create much at all, to be honest. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think the if you think it was probably what four weeks ago on the Monday there that we played Hibs in the first game back, uh, you know, and were really really positive and you know gave them a a really good going over at Celtic Park and then you know just over a week later playing Rangers at home, you know that that's only what three weeks ago. Um, that we've mm-hmm. probably had one of our best performances of the season. Um, I think it's hard when you kind of reach that peak performance and such a kind of monumental result, both kind of physically and mentally. That probably more mentally that you kind of feel that you've reached this almost climax point because you know 
you've beaten Rangers, which was a massive monkey on the back, uh, and you know we've we've hit the top of the league as well. I don't know if that's you know more mentally than physically. I would have to say because they're obviously off the back of a break, but I don't know if that's kind of taking a bit of a toll. I know that the players will come out and say, you know, of course it hasn't, but I just don't know if now they're, they're kind of feeling a little bit more pressure and, you know, playing from behind and second all the time, you know, the, the energy was is different rather than trying to kind of protect that, that lead at the top. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's the case. That might be mumbo-jumbo, mumbo but I just kind of feel since we've become top of the league, that's when the kind of drop-off in energy seems to have come um, and the kind of lack of creativity and the I don't, the, the, the kind of more laboured performances uh, seem to have come since, since we've got to that almost first goal of getting to the top and, and beating Rangers. And I don't know if it's just a kind of a little bit of a reaction after that. Um I and I think when you when Other you get beat sports. when you when you get a, when you get a, your your ass handy to you for want of a better word twice as well off that Norwegian team Bodo, that's obviously going to put a bit of dent in confidence as yeah. well. So I, I think there's probably a, a a few different dynamics going on. Um, I think we're still massively miss Kyogo. Um, you know he, he was a big miss earlier in the season. Um, he came back in that made a, a a really good positive impact but he's been missing for for ages now don't know when he's coming back but you know Gio Marcus has stepped in for a, a little bit but he's he's out again um, and you know Maeda's kind of filled that role in the in the last game um, so Yes, I, th- I think he, he's a big miss. He'll he'll give us a, a really good spark when he is back uh, and, and back on form as well. See the, the Kyogo things for everybody. Like oh, everybody said, oh, I've not been playing well for five and a half games and A, B, and C. I always look back at the Kyogo incident or the incidents bringing Kyogo back too quickly, and I think that was a. I think you look back at it. I think that was a that was a silly move. I mean, we mentioned we mentioned it at the time. That's fine, but I think if we we brought Kyogo, I just left him. I think we might be maybe seen him just now, but we brought him back. He got injured, and I mean, Postecoglou will say that was squad related and probably issues and issues. But geez, he's the type of player that could lead this team into through this period. And Jim Marcus might be the player that does that. He's only ill, so he might make it. He's fifty fifty, so he's only ill. But we definitely missed him on Saturday, Sunday. Definitely. I mean, yeah. But, but, but it's, it's not a terrible period either. Like it's it's not it's not great, right? For with Drew with Hibbs. But like, apart from that, we've, we've actually been seeing it through. You know what I mean? We have been lackluster at taking out the European games. We've not been fantastic by any means the last couple of games, but we're still seeing it through. We're still doing well. We're doing better than a lot across the road. You know what I mean? So I'm not overly concerned. Um, you're allowed to have a different yeah. form every now and again. I think, as I say, that European defeats maybe took the wind out of sails a wee bit. Yeah. I think as well, the you know, if someone said to you, you're going to go to Easter Road and it's going to be a goalless draw, would you take it? You, pro- you possibly would because, you know, it's, it's one... 
you know, it's it's one of the the grounds that we haven't done that well at over the last few years. Um, I think you know, we obviously gave them a, a a good game earlier in the year, but that was probably not long before Jack Ross got the sack. Arguably, Hibs have improved since that point, and the the Maloney methodologies are maybe starting to work a little bit better. And saying that, Hibs didn't look like they were <laughs> going to score all game either. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know. I think there's probably Hib, Hib, maybe given credit where it's not due, but Hibs have possibly had an opportunity to to work with Maloney and improve a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think we've just had a, a, a slight dip in form. Um, ultimately, we didn't concede a goal. Um, you know, yeah, we didn't score one, but we didn't concede Jeez. apart from some uh, lackluster passing at the back, which we've which we've mentioned before. Um, you know. We didn't really look like conceding. Um, no, we so didn't. From that point of view, there wasn't a concern. No, if your man, if your man hadn't hit, he hit your man coming through. He scaled one in the top corner, and the Hibs guy managed to put his head in front of his own player's shot. If that, if he'd mm-hmm. missed that or he hadn't tried to head it, they could be one up. Just, before games finish, eight minutes, Rangers will be top of the league. What's your point? Well, I think the point is that the point is that we could we've got we're we've ridden a wee bit of luck there. Uh, Stephen Robertson turns up with Sitman to point to prove you know what I mean, and Livingston's next. So you'd be hoping then that Celtic don't need to rely on luck to get through those two games, you know. And I think Livingston's a huge thing. That's going to be playing in everybody's mind. I think it'll even play in Postacoglu's mind and even in the players' mind. It's, it's in the press constantly about how we've no won at Livy and how long. Is it 10 years? Is that right? Something stupid like that. It's something we stupid can't, like that. I mean, we can't... The philo- <laughs> I mean, see, that's the thing. Postacoglu keeps saying that we haven't changed the philosophy, haven't done this, but I, I see a different style of football. I definitely see a lot more cro- aimless crosses getting knocked in. And I don't see Maeda moving really much in the box. Or even when the balls are getting popped around, I don't really see him moving. I see him very, very stagnant. And I don't think that's the... It, it looks better with Kyogo up front for definite. Or Giamakis. Maeda's not really moving that well. Uh, for me, yeah. just now, maybe he's just tired or whatever. But that's sort of 100% aggression... It was just very, just very flimsy, floaty crosses at the weekend. And if you're up against St Mirren and Lemmy's in the next two games, we have to bring something different to the to the game. You know, I think we're doing a lot of rabbit holes at the weekend as well. I don't know if you noticed a few times going down the wing. I'll pick out a bad day especially just running into Hibs players, maybe getting by one player, putting his head down, and then just no looking and just losing the ball aimlessly, like in our half sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, but there was just I, I, I don't know like the aggression didn't seem to be there the, the speed of the passing um, everybody with their head up it just we gave the ball away far too much and as I said didn't create too much either really really interesting story I heard it was on the Guardian podcast and it was a guy I can't remember his name but the guy played for QPR and the manager sent them out to play Man City so that was like this, this the first sort of good Man City team so QPR against Man City the manager sent them out to press them high so they all went out but all the football players were playing for QPR knew this was the wrong tactic but out of the respect of the manager they did what they were told 
and they beat six nothing. But the players all knew that they had to do as they were told for the manager. So that, that this discussion comes regarding uh, Leeds change of management, and then he was the, the ex football player was saying actually it might come as a relief to Leeds players because it's very hard sometimes to play in a team with high energy. Sometimes you want a bit of rest. You don't want to keep doing all these philosophies. You just want to go back to playing it simple. And I never really thought about football in that way. I always still think about it in the part. Your own sort of, you can drive the game yourself. Ronaldo's shown that just now. You can't just physically drive a Man United team onto one in the league. And I wonder if Thursday night and Sunday you're seeing maybe just a bit of the, it's too, it's very hard game to keep playing and the players are beginning to just, just lose that sort of edge slightly. What do you think, Dan? No, that's a fair point that you've put the way you've put it like that. Um, it can be easy to keep going every Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, whatever the hell it is. It is constant, and you need to be able to enjoy your football as well. Like if you're not enjoying it, then your your, your performance levels are going to drop as well. You know what I mean? I mean if I'm going to play seven, yeah. Well, one of your guys, one of the guys in the podcast said that Rodgers had an outstanding season. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm seeing this, the game still ten games to go, and uh, yeah, that that feeling of enjoying it. I don't think anybody enjoyed. Anybody enjoyed Sunday? Like fans? Nobody enjoyed Thursday night. No. So, yeah, you're, you're right, Dan. You've got to go back and enjoy it. You know. Yeah. You have to. I think the same players probably enjoyed spanking Rangers 3-0 though um, and it's predominantly the same players being asked to play the same way um, so the whole kind of Ange philosophy and Ange ball and stuff, I mean that's just made up media stuff, every manager that goes in to do that job whether it's Celtic or whoever else, that manager goes in with a way how they want their team to play how they want to set it up, how they want to defend, how they want to attack, how they want to pass the ball, the shape and movement they want. That's ultimately their ball and their philosophy. Mm-hmm. So kind of the, the, the little bit of spin that as if Postacoglu is the first guy to have a football philosophy and a way of playing, it's like something new. It just seems to have been blown out of proportion. Every single football manager in the world has a way that they want to play and things that they'll believe in. Uh, versus other, you know, particular tactical options. So I kind of think that that stuff just, you know, it kind of bores me a little bit. I just don't, I just don't think it's there's much depth to it. It's just kind of and crazy is stuff. It, you know, just philosophy. Um, is this just thing Brendan? That, sorry, you go. You no, know, I was just going to say on the on the player side, and you know, are they enjoying it? Are they not enjoying it? Um, if you can't enjoy playing for Celtic and you can't enjoy being at the top of the league and you can't enjoy the atmosphere and the pressure that that brings then you shouldn't be playing football for us so I think yeah whilst no one enjoys not playing well and not winning uh, everyone who's turning up and playing every Saturday absolutely needs to, to enjoy and embrace what they're doing and if they're not they shouldn't be there so I think again I would probably uh disagree that players aren't enjoying playing under Postacoglu or that they're getting tired of it or his ways are 
taking too much energy. I think they're just it's it's a tough running already. There's not been a break since we came back. It's been a game every week. We've had two pastings in Europe, which can't be good for the morale. So mm-hmm. bouncing back and getting a draw, all things considered, isn't the end of the world. Uh, as I say, we didn't look like losing a goal, albeit we didn't look like scoring. But, you know, we, we weren't under any real pressure throughout the game, I didn't think. Uh, and, you know, if we'd nicked it 1-0 and uh, we're sitting further up in the table... You know, we would just be taking it. We wouldn't just be discussing whether players are happy or not, or they're getting energy drained. You know, you would just be kind of enjoying that moment. I know that's not where we're sitting, but yeah, I just think players aren't robots, and you know, we've been through a tough, tough run of games. There's still a couple of tough games coming up, and say I think it's hard after you've had that high point of you know beating Rangers to then hit that level every time that's almost the level we expect and the intensity we expect and you know it just doesn't happen and there's just you know been a bit of a drop off but 100% it'll come again Aye there's definitely been a drop off I'm I'm in agreement I don't buy the whole thing of like (laughs) players being tired you know what I mean they do get rotated enough I don't think these professional athletes who are looked after 24-7 you know what I mean? Should be drop them off. Their energy levels should be fine. I no, I, I, yeah, I just mean more forms dropping off rather than. That's exactly what you were saying. You know what I mean? It's, it's the, the, the energy should still be there. I don't believe is what you said as well. I don't think that's an excuse um, that there's going to be energy sapping there. These guys are professional athletes who are looked after. They're told what to eat. They're told how to sleep. They're told everything. So there shouldn't be an excuse there for the energy uh, been sapped from them you know what I mean it, they should be able to turn up and give 100% every time um, I just well, don't well, think the thing is what the next two games Dan will, pro- will prove the point or not prove the point I mean the next two games are really tough the next three games are really tough uh, St Mirren, Livingston and Dundee United quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup so St Mirren tomorrow night Livingston as tough as it gets for Celtic and they have to find energy, they'll need to find more energy than against Hibs and more uh, direct football I would say in terms of controlling the midfield and not putting silly crosses at the box every five minutes try and do something different because it's definitely we, like, we know we need to win the league and Hange, Hange needs to win the league with the position he's in now, but the Celtic players will need to just find something else to, to, to win. And I mean, that's that's a challenge, isn't it? Aye, and doing something different comes down to Ange telling the players to do something different. If he's going to continue to do the same thing, then so be it. It's worked so far. You know what I mean? Are the other teams maybe starting to cop on a wee bit of how to play against us? Again, I don't know. Like Again, if we're good enough to beat them, then that shouldn't be an issue. You know what I mean? You're, you're going to drop the odd points here and there. That's that's life. But I wouldn't be concerned about St. Mern game. Livingston game speaks for itself. Everybody goes on about the plastic pitch. and You know what I mean? Livingston aren't, Livingston aren't, they, aren't they mugs, but they're a half-decent team. You know what I mean? If they turn up and they're giving 100% and we are, their levels have dropped, then you could easily lose the game or get another draw. Yeah, like... Well, like that's, I mean I'm not being it's not disgruntled it's just I suppose you're just looking at it and thinking uh, 
maybe Ange doesn't have enough players that he wants to his way, or is it the is it the old Klopp problem where Klopp was working on so hard that in February time they, 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 these guys got tired? Or look at Bielsa there. Bielsa's got a, a, a great philosophy. They don't change from the philosophy, and then ultimately it runs its runs its course. Is this season? I mean, he is getting a bit more touchy. Is this season? Is this season going to spring into life and Celtic win the league, or is Ange going to run his course and get new more players in to run this this system that he's running for Celtic? But I mean, the Joe Hart stuff right at the end of the game was just silly. Like. I, Again, I was just like, "What is going on?" But that must be—he must be; those guys must be doing the diktat that Ange tells them to do. The eighty-five minutes, Celtic passing the ball back, and they're like, just like, ah. mm. but then no, I, mean, I was, I was actually tracks. screaming. I was screaming at the TV. Just hit it long. Just hit it long. You know what I mean? <laughs> Arsenal bow at the back, and then ends up with a fucking Hibs corner. It's just unbelievable. Oh, I, I thought. In the Hibs game, I genuinely thought after 70 minutes, again, Martin, you can come back on me in this one, but I genuinely thought after 70, 75 minutes, the players said, they just kind of not down tools, but they kind of thought to themselves, this way is not working. I could feel, I've seen football teams do this before. Lots of uh, Ronnie's teams used to do this. They used to do their stuff, do their stuff, and they're like, this isn't working. And then it was more hopeful. Dan, like Jota's shots over the bar and stuff like that. It was just a more let's let's see if we can hope to win this game because Hibs were pretty impressive, middled in the back uh, for definite for me and the goalkeeper and stuff. Like that. I just thought maybe I don't like that to see that about a team trying to be hopeful. I like to see change. Well, you know what I do. I like to see a bit of change, a bit of difference, a bit of dynamism. But it was very hopeful, but, and I thought the Joe Hart stuff at the end. It was just like, why are we here? What are we doing? Yeah, but I think I think on that point, though, where where we've previously slogged out results, um, you know, e- even in the you know the, the season two two seasons ago when when we won the league, um, you know, Scott Brown was popping up with goals. You know, he scored last minute goal against Hamilton. He, he scored against someone else. You know, I think at this stage in the season, you need players to step up and take a bit of ownership themselves and maybe you know we're starting to see in the team um, who who is a, a, a true kind of leader and champion and who isn't who's just kind of you know f- following the rest of the sheep and doing as they're told and who's actually breaking ranks and saying right we need to do something because at no point you know was Scott Brown ever told to break the last line of defence and you know round a defender and shoot or whatever like he did against Hamilton but you know that that's what he did because it, it needed something extra to win the game. You know, we probably need players like Rogic, uh, McGregor, Tati's a bit younger, but you know, in those kind of key playmaking roles, to actually just step forward and say, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a bit more control around what we're doing. Um, whereas on Sunday, that no one really took ownership of the game and decided I'm taking charge now. It was you know continuous repetitive methods of play there wasn't really anyone stepped up and said this isn't working I'm going to try something different um, and I think you probably need players to be brave at this stage of the season as well it's not to, to say go, it's not necessarily going against tactics it's just having a bit more belief in your own ability mm-hmm. um, and as I say wanting to, 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 to get 
I mean, I, I would. Situation. I mean, I, I mean, again, I'd quite like to see Jota and Abada coming closer together, like the front three, but a bit more narrow, and then people coming right behind them. Because I think sometimes you, you've sort of put signposting yourself out there because you've got to get the ball, control it. Then I think Celtic are taking one touch too many as well during the games. I think they said something about the pitch, but they are taking one touch too many for definite. By the time Jota kind of gets himself going, whereas if, if he was in just a bit more narrow, narrower, Maeda and Bada could start to link up a bit more. You know, I think there's definitely a, a distance between the front three, which I think we could... Like, they're very talented football players, but I just don't know if we're using their talents in the, in the, in the correct zones just now for what we need, you know? Uh, yeah, I'd agree with you. Yeah, Jota and uh, Abada have had the jerseys now for a while. That was kind of Abada has been in and out of the team. Jota seems to be more of a regular, but I would say Abada's been pretty streaky. Um, he seems to go through fairly hot phases and then games where you know it doesn't look like he's ever going to beat the man in, in front of him a little bit. Um, that's maybe been a wee bit cruel, but you know he's he's had some absolutely amazing games and scored some good goals, and then he's just had some games where you're thinking this guy is still young, raw, and uh, you know probably a, a bit of time out of the team would do him good. Sorry, Paul, I know that's a wee bit of a, a cliche, and you try to avoid that on this uh, on this podcast. But, then, but, but the thing um, is, but Martin, why not just put him closer to the to the goal? And then get somebody overlapping him to give him the ball and maybe get him a couple of shots closer to goals. Because he's got that eye of the tiger. He definitely has got that something about him. But when you're out there on the but wing, the, it's hard yeah, work sometimes. The, well, the, the starting position for these guys though, is on the touchline. Um, it's, it's not like a front three where you know the, 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 they would naturally be positioned to come inside. Because the fullbacks have come inside and are overloading the midfield, the wingers are hugging the touchline. So it's a long way in for them to, to pose a goal threat because, you know, they really are on the white line. It's not like they're a few steps inside, you know. They're, they're, they are, they're, 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 I think, on a, in a way, especially in games where it's not working, you can kind of see that the amount of work they're having to do from their start position is probably, you know, too much and, you know, the game at the weekend that kind of showed that no, no one was really uh, penetrating the the Hibs so, defence. So you bring your best player. I mean, I mean, I always go back to remember. Jeez, I know we're, but the, the use of the Canio. So the Canio could sit out in a touchline, hog it, but when he started to come in and just like take little, you know, I mean, he was just so effective because people were watching other people, and the Canio was able to come in. And do and be be that goal scorer, be that creator. I think sometimes these two guys, so it's kind of lonely out there. It's and I I think they've they've both they've both have shown very creative sparks, especially Maeda's not doing that much, really, and he's pressing nobody else is pressing. So why not get them a wee bit closer together and see if there's something can spark off the three of them, especially if Roderick. O'Reilly's not playing that well and McGregor I was watching it a few times there's definitely a big space between four players like three the three players and then see if hit somebody hit the touchline or hit going across the ball there's definitely a space between the three players in the midfield 
or maybe it's four, yeah. and the rest of them are are back. And I see that quite a lot with the, the, the so the the crosses are coming in. My head is not getting anywhere near it. They're heading it out, and by the time the ball comes out, it's twenty, thirty yards back down the pitch because the Celtic team haven't yeah. caught up with the, the play. Maybe that's tiredness. I just think maybe you link some of these players up together and see exactly what they can do together. Because I'm sure I bet Jota are ripping people at five sides at training. You know what I mean? That they must be so talented. Yeah, We've never really seen them play together. Yeah, I think the the phases of play that we have as well are very distinctive. You know, in the way that we have the the the, the, the back four, the middle, and then the front three. But I think in the in the front half of the pitch, I think previously. Tom Rogic has, you know, provided a really good creative link between midfield and attack. Whereas at the moment when he's been played, he seems to be playing on the right side of a midfield rather than almost, you know, centrally uh, in behind the strikers and, you know, the centre of midfield there. I feel like there's a, a bit of a missing link between the midfielders and attack. It's, it's just everything gets shuffled out wide. There's not really the, the playmaker in there. Maybe David Turnbull can can do that a bit when when he's back to to fitness, because you know when, when was the last time you saw a ball, you know played through from midfield to to split a defence open with a pass? You know we just don't hit that type of pass. Every midfield pass we hit goes diagonally wide. We 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 hit nothing through the middle anymore. I think that's because there's not there's not a player deployed to play that position. The the, the midfield three that we have is almost like a flat two with with someone sitting just behind them, you know, typically it's it's McGregor at the moment. And I feel like McGregor's sitting too deep that you almost need to can that position and just have someone sitting further up between the the front three and the the, the two midfielders. Um, that that might change our fortune in front of goal a little bit and just yes, the the, the predicted predictability of our of our play. Um, on on Maida. Um, I'm a little bit like you. I know I don't like to agree with you on this podcast too often, but uh, I'm certainly... Uh, well, there's a few things. He's clearly one of Ange's players. Um, you know, Ange plays him all the time. And even when he flew back from Japan, he's still got some game time against Rangers. So, you know, Ange really rates him and that's all that matters. The guy's going to play. Um, from what I've seen... Um, I'm still not really sure what his main strengths are. Um, you know, it was, it was pretty obvious when Kyogo came. You know, his his movement, his touch, his finishing. I'm just not getting the same kind of instinctive um, idea of 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 what my strengths are going to be. Um, other than you know, he, he presses. Uh, Kenny Miller used to press. You know, I kind of want him to. I want to understand a bit more what the guy's got to offer um, you know don't get me wrong I'm not saying he's a a bad player or anything I'm just I've just not seen obviously Ange he's something really special in the guy he's brought him here as I say he's pretty much had him playing as, as, as much as he can but remember you know, that someone is that that's another thing as well like the made is playing so flat so, so let's go back to the Turnbull goal against Dundee United remember that Dan the yeah. ball gets flicked through McGregor and Turnbull goes through so Turnbull's essentially your striker there, and he scores that great goal, and then he's injured. Celtic at the moment, 
I can't see any midfield players going past. So, so for instance, I was always thinking Maeda would be the player that would be playing not up front, like running off or trying to play like a Brad back roller. You know what I mean? That's a fast striker in the back. He was going to come, collect, push the ball out and drag mm-hmm. defenders out out from their goal and allow people to go in the space behind. But yeah. that 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 for me, when I looked at him first of all, I said, Well, okay, he's not an out and out striker, he's playing the attack midfield role in Japan. He's he, he but he's got that ability to drag players with him. At the moment I'm just seeing very static and I'm not seeing midfield players like I I keep going back to I keep watching I love watching Armstrong for Southampton. And something like an Armstrong or a Celtic team with that but we don't have that type of player just now. So you're but we, we don't have as I keep saying we, we seem to be there's not a lot a link between them whereas that Dundee United game that sort of flick movement ball in the around the back the midfield players that that's very very much I thought that was Angie's approach but at the moment it's not it, it doesn't seem to be there but Roderick's there O'Reilly O'Reilly come on I, I didn't see him do much in the impact although he, so no, I don't know. I, that's the type of player I thought Maeda was. I thought he'd be the guy that'd come out, drag defenders all over the place, and allow us to get in the pockets and midfield. But the midfield are not in contact with our strike force, so then there's no point. That's why I'm saying, why not bring Jota and he, I'll be the in and let them try and get into some of the room that he, he should be creating because at the moment he ain't creating nothing. He's just sort of standing waiting for a header. And it ain't going to happen. To me, to me, Maeda is the kind of player who plays off a defender's shoulder. And like you're saying, Paul, if the midfielder coming through the centre with the ball, they play it through the gaps, Maeda runs off the shoulder, he's fast off the off the mark, mm-hmm. and he has a shot. But as you say, because, of, because everything has gone wide, he's not getting involved as much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything has gone wide. He can't get through the middle because I think teams possibly are starting to suss us out and happy. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're more happy that he pushes wide. And they're just blocking the midfield, blocking the ball through, which, listen, it's nothing new to us, you know what I mean? It's been there for a good while. But I, I definitely agree. I think the ball has gone wide a hell of a lot more now. Abada, um, again, I'm not criticising the guy, but i seen it at Hibs at the weekend there, just running in, down rabbit holes in, in, in a lot of instances. And But I definitely think Maida is the player who, if the ball's coming through the centre, he's running off the shoulder put the ball through between two two defenders he'll be straight on it and he'll have a shot and goal but Martin's right we've not seen that type of pass <coughs> no uh, and then but then that's to do with Maeda's movement or dragging people around or people like Portis is quite happy just to stand there and head balls out the out the area but like, I think Maeda's first goal for Celtic was actually through the middle like that yeah. if I remember rightly but almost that's that's right. many weeks ago yeah, look, but the thing is... Possibly not playing to his strengths at the moment, um, you know. Yeah. Which maybe. is kind of ironic, given the hands that's brought him in. Um, so obviously knows what the guy's strengths are and how he plays and how he gets his goals. So, um, yeah, we'll just need to see. Obviously not writing the guy off or anything. Just at this point, I'm kind of not really sure uh, what his kind of key key role is and how 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 I would describe him if someone said what type of striker is he at the oh, moment. Uh, you know, someone asked me well, what one, one yeah, stage, Jack Marcus is like, he's just a madman up front. Um, hello. But one stage last week John Hartson said he was he's more content in the wing and then Andy Walker said he's more content up front. 
So both the expert pundits don't know what he's playing. So I, I mean, look, but look, Sendo says at the start, look, it's it's just it just is what it is just now. But there's no it, the excitement's still there. It's just that you're trying to the Ranger, Rangers obviously two all, so that's fine. They've got their European Red Star game, but you're just you're looking to be entertained, I suppose. But it's very hard maybe to entertain when it's so much pressure or so much things apparently at stake. Maybe that's the problem. But at the moment, we could be doing a bit of Wednesday night entertainment, you know. And and if the handle's right then, if you want to be playing for Celtic, this is where you want to play for them. Uh, and yeah, maybe this is maybe where Ange steps up or maybe gets some to train better or differently, but we could do a bit of entertainment because it's been lacking. And you've got to bring the fans with you, you know. That, that's all. Maybe it, it, maybe like it. Like, a lot of these lads haven't actually been in this position before. Maybe that's yeah, something to do with it as hard, well. You know what I mean? Hard work. It's definitely hard work. I mean, it's not easy. Hibs, Hibs. Maloney was the perfect manager for us to play against because Maloney's strategised against this type of football because that's where he's he's done his his sort of philosophies and stuff like that. So he he knew how to play us. Did you what do you think of Maloney's comment that? Every time you get a break, Celtic foul. Did you hear that one? Did you hear what he said? He said no. that you've got to be careful with Celtic because every time we get a break, we knew that we're going to foul us. And actually, so Maloney had done his homework because actually, if you look back at the game, Celtic do produce a lot of fouls when teams are breaking, when we've lost less players. Beaton does it, McGregor does it. We just we tip did fouls, they, you know. Did, did so, they mention how many times the Hibs players hit the deck? Because that's what I noticed. A hell of a lot of time. I don't know if you saw the one. Who's the big central defender? Portis. When okay. Portis yeah. went down. Portis, I went down at one point and then looked up to see where the ball yeah, was. Yeah. And then when the ball wasn't going out, he went to get up and the referee the blue for him. Somebody come on, look at him and he went back down. And you're going, come on, like it's. And it wasn't the only one. There was a good few. They were just time wasting. But this is. But this is. I mean, the, the way the Scottish league's set up just now, like after Hearts, everybody can get into the top six nearly. Now this is the this is the end of the season where if every team can maybe three or four points here or there get them in the top six, this is where it, this is the hardest part of the season. This isn't there's no free hits anymore, uh, so Celtic have to be uh, sharper and fitter and better because it's really hard. Rangers are proving that themselves. I mean, Rangers have never been two nothing up at Ibrox against a Scottish team ever in their entire lives. And to come back, but Mullerwell had a point to prove. Hibbs had a point to prove because they're trying to stop that slump. Livingston, Dundee United, St Mirren now have got a point to prove. A new manager, you know Aberdeen now have got a new manager. So these teams are these teams are really battling, and this is where the Ange system has to stand up and be counted. Or Ange as a manager needs to be counted because it's going to be tough. Isn't it? Yeah, maybe we're expecting too much for them. Yeah, I understand that, but geez, you want them, you want Celtic to win the league. And we yeah, don't want us to throw it away, so we got away with one yeah. the weekend. So anything the Ange can do to make it a wee bit better, but uh, Jackie Marcus needs to play for Celtic up front for definite. But he's ill, so it's hopefully not an injury, so hopefully he will play. Yeah, I mean, tom- tomorrow night is the biggest game of the season. Um, you know, on paper, yes, yeah, St. Mirren at home should be 
a formality, but absolutely won't be. There's there's so much at stake now. There's, there's ten games to go. We are, you know, we're sitting top of the league. We've we've managed a really big point swing since we came back after Christmas. But if you spoke to the fans in the street, they'd probably kind of reflect what what we're saying, and you know that kind of feel like we're in a mini slump, which just sounds ridiculous. Um, you know, given the position we're in, so I, I think tomorrow is absolutely massive. It's a chance to 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 to, to reset and just say, right, we're serious about this. We're going to be champions. You know, try and blow Saint Mirren away, uh, and just send a very clear message that you know we're top of the league and we're here to stay. And then it just also helps lift the spirits and the confidence going into what seems to be a, a bogey game against Livingston. Um, <laughs> see, you know, if get, get the see if they beat us again. See if they beat us again, we might. Jeez. Just yeah. chuck it. Sorry, Martin, but so, right, it's just the way he said bogey game, right? And we're all laughing because in our brains we're thinking, I will win it. But, like, we don't ever, ever win. I, I, I'm not thinking we'll win it. Like, Livingston is just. You kind of go to Livingston now, no expecting to win. Honestly, it's mental, isn't it? Like, do you think Martin will win it? Do you think we'll beat Saint Martin that weekend? I'm not looking Saint 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 Mirren. Sorry, Livingston. I think Saint Mirren will be a really, really tough game uh, tomorrow. I I think um, Goodwin had them playing well, hence why he got the Aberdeen job. I think Stephen Robinson will probably unpick some of that good work over time, but uh, <laughs> Robinson's a good manager with Mullow. Not not before tomorrow night. Well, he got the sack from Motherwell and he had an absolute mare down south, so um I, I don't I don't know that he'll be uh, a good long term option but I think he will. Anyway, two cup finals with Motherwell I guess you can you can argue. So I, I I just think tomorrow is it's all about tomorrow. It's all about playing well, giving everyone a bit of reassurance and confidence that we've still got something in our locker. We can still go out for two, three goals against someone, keep a clean sheet. I think if we can do that, everyone will be in a much better place and feeling much more confident. I think everyone's just got a bit of a fear now that we've managed to get to the top of the league. There's 10 games to go and you know it's all about what if it slips away? And I think it's just the absolute uh, heightened tension now that we're experiencing. If we'd drawn 0-0 with Hibs in September, it wouldn't have been deemed a bad result and no one would be overly concerned. But the, the time of the season we're in now and the way the, the results can potentially go, you know, it's, it's, it's nervous times. Um, so get the win tomorrow. Get the goals going again. Play play a bit better. Lift everyone's confidence, and then uh, you know move on to the next game and and do it all over again. See, I, yeah, I just, there's a lot at stake. Yeah, but see, it's, it's just like yeah. I just don't think it's that simple. But I, it should be that simple. But I just wonder what Ange is doing differently to make it a bit easier for the players because he looks a bit spooked as well. Some of his his comments and. But it's just like it's just like Dan saying that nothing happened in Sweden. I mean, you know that's not the case. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know that there must have something funny happened in Sweden. But look at his face, like oh, he's doing nothing. I'll put it this way: the the, the the table we were at in the restaurant was called the Porno Table. <laughs> <laughs> I get. I'll, I'll say no more. I get a lot of trouble. I get into a lot of trouble off Martin. 
You know, Mark's like, I mean, what did Dan Devaney do his holiday? The last time you were away at Kiev, weren't you? Where were you? Yeah, I... Yeah, Dan, Mark's like, you should have asked Dan Devaney more questions about his holiday because I'm sure there's stuff happening his holiday. I'm like, well, he's not there to talk about his holiday. He's like, I was disappointed he didn't ask about his holiday. So I'm going to get the same <laughs> from Sweden. There's no way you went to Sweden and had a boring time with your bot. Ah, Dan, I mean, you think I came up with Clyde on a bicycle? I didn't have a born time. I didn't say I had a born time. I was it snowboarding and partying? But I was <laughs> yes. also working hard. I was also working hard. So were you working hard or partying hard? Come on. Both. Right. Okay. So maybe you'll, you'll get some stories for us for next. I was working hard and partying hard so much that I had to take the Friday off when I come home. I was that done in? <laughs> I got up for work Friday morning and went. Nope. I'm not getting in. Phone the boss. Day off, please. Did they give you a day well, off or just give you a working? No, did they give you a day no, off? I took a, no, I took a day off. <laughs> Had to take a day off. Anyway. So, so, look, you promised you would tell us more Sweden stories. No comment. International Man of Mystery, Dan Devaney. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, sure. It's a good crack. <laughs> offline. We'll take, we'll take this offline. <laughs> take this offline. Right? So, sorry, Martin. I do apologize. Martin Kane, I do apologize. I did ask Dan Devaney about his holiday. Or sorry, he's working. He's working in Sweden. And I've he heard some stories from Martin Kane's holiday, so if they're, <laughs> in, if they're in, they go by. So we handles basically tied it up a lovely parcel. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll be watching tomorrow night, and uh, fingers crossed. And uh, Thanks again to the boys from Musical Bride. That was fantastic. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Martin, uh, for keeping going and keeping positive. And uh, yeah, let's, let's go for it, eh? Ten, was it 10 more games now, Hendo? 10 more games? 10 to go, yeah. 10 to go, the focus, the relentless focus in the title. Uh, yeah, a few more nice memories from uh, Angie would be nice, and maybe we'll, we'll speak again for the weekend. Fantastic. No Take bother. care, guys. Thank you. See you. Cheers, Cheers lads. One hoops.